0: Welcome back to the Power Switch, gaming's call-and-talk radio show. My name is Peter Spasia, and today is February 17th, 2019. This is the 55th episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as a means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that is found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com call. On today's episode, Activision Blizzard's layoffs and a rumor of Switch making VR moves in our headline roundup. Our main topic is Nintendo's 2019 and the top five takeaways from the February 13th Nintendo Direct. And then we will get to your calls if you are tuning in live on Discord. So, yes... We are back. Also, uh, yeah, mind the cut. Uh, Apologies there if you're checking out the video version. Got a nasty cut here on my forehead with a dog getting a little rambunctious and a claw just goes right across the face. That's a little gnarly, so apologies there. But yes, back to the power switch here. Gaming's call and talk radio show. Uh, The last half of 2018 was certainly busy with Show Me Your News Ultimate and bringing that show back and committing to that on a weekly basis for all of the pre-Super Smash Brothers Ultimate hype cycle discussion and all that. But I, I get to certain aspects in my life and things changing here and there, and I think, what do I want to accomplish? And I, I can't get away from this concept. In a way, I'm kind of amazed that during the times when I step aside from it a little bit that no one's just like... Yeah, this is an idea and that someone somewhere in the ether on the internet tries to do it. But I've, I have really full confidence in this concept. And I really just got to be stubborn and stick to it. I know. That's what I said last time. But uh, let's just say things are kind of narrowing me down this path here. And so we're going to get right back into it. So before we get to anyone listening, calling in live on Discord... Uh, We're going to kind of catch up on what's happening this past week. We're going to start with our headline roundup. The week began with big layoffs over at Activision Blizzard, Uh, the big publisher saying that they're laying off 8% of their workforce, which is about 800 people. Of course, this went in hand in hand with uh, Bobby Kotick, the CEO over there, saying that the company once again achieved record results in 2018, which you kind of put that with uh, laying off some people and uh, kind of brings big questions about the unfettered end of capitalism there. Certainly, at least that was the big reaction to people online. And, of course, this was after that they're shedding Bungie and the Destiny brand to have Bungie self-publish it on their own and kind of make that their own entity. Uh, This is after that, you know, the first couple months of 2018. That was one of the bigger stories there, certainly. Of course, it also brought people back to the idea of Satoru Iwata when he was still alive and the the president of Nintendo and cutting his own pay during the struggles of the Wii U. Uh, Also bringing calls for game developer unionization. Uh, I don't think this will be the straw that breaks that camel's back, but it's, it's certainly another step along towards that process if we ever get to that point. So just an awful story. I hope People land on their feet, follow that, you know, dev hashtag on Twitter to to find jobs because certainly a lot of companies hiring, uh, but just an awful, awful story coming out of Activision Blizzard there. Nintendo World Report published a uh, write-up from Nintendo Insider, famous for her insight during the pre-Switch days, Emily Rogers, and her insight regarding Nintendo Switch possibly making moves towards virtual reality and being at least a test VR platform in a way as early as this year. Emily's write-up basically has Nintendo uh, filing a patent as, you know, some time ago that kind of visualizes this almost as like a Gear VR, Google Daydream sort of approach where there's a sort of visor that the user would put on their head and then these Nintendo Switch screen would slide in there. Uh, and it's it's not an impossible concept. It's certainly probable. though then Go Nintendo had their own sort of rumor that they reported on probably a separate source, saying that this could be a Nintendo Labo integration as the the sort of first test target, which would be interesting, I suppose, if it were real. Now certainly Nintendo's VR interests have been known. Uh, but they've been kind of downplaying them recently. Uh, There were certainly reports uh, from CNET from last year that data miners had discovered some sort of screen-splitting VR mode in the firmware, and even early in the Switch's lifecycle, even before it launched, they are saying, oh, the the launch got pushed back a little bit to try to work in some more VR potential. Uh, Emily's report basically saying that first-party games could possibly receive updates if this all panned out, and it gets you thinking about certain games like Mario Kart, or maybe Arms, or Metroid, whether it's future Metroid Prime 4, or Trilogy, or rumored Trilogy release, what have you. Uh, Does Star Fox come back with some sort of VR thing. Uh, Even if you look at something like AstroBot Rescue Mission on PlayStation VR and the kind of passive platforming game there, you know, Captain Toad is getting an update, does it get another future update where you kind of get some virtual reality vision there? Probably the biggest technical downside to this is the 720p resolution on Switch's screen. And if you put that so close to your face, the resolution, the uh, the quality of the visual there, not as high. It also wouldn't necessarily have the highest frame rate, which is a little tough for the virtual reality immersion. I don't know how I'd feel necessarily about Labo being the test case here. Uh, you know, I don't think that would be the way to get people into this as a consumer product, but if Nintendo's just trying to test this out and see what it's like, you know, it's it's entirely possible. Keep an eye on this one, though. Could this happen later in the year? Possibly, but let's we'll of this one in rumor for now. But uh, kudos to Emily Rogers, Nintendo World Report. That's that's a banger report to end the week for sure. Speaking of bangers, uh, Apex Legends continues to be a massive success, hitting 25 million registered players in a week and passing two million concurrent players. This trajectory that they've been on is rather remarkable. It was 1 million players in 8 hours, 2.5 in 24, 10 million in 72 hours. You compare the massive success that Fortnite's Battle Royale is right now, when that took off at the end of 2017, that was 10 million players in 2 weeks, not 72 hours. It was 45 million players in 6 months, and Apex is here at 25 million in one week. Uh, that's It's just remarkable, and it shows the big market that's possibly there and how it's growing for Battle Royale. For just a kind of comparison, Fortnite apparently is at 200 million players right now registered, and they get up to 8.3 million concurrent. So certainly a long way to go, but it's been a long time since we've seen any game challenge Fortnite there. Uh, Sony is having a leadership shakeup for the Sony Interactive Entertainment brand, so overall seeing everything PlayStation there. Where Jim Ryan is supposed to be taking over for John Codera as SIE president and CEO on April 1st. No, that's not an April Fool's joke there. Uh, apparently Codera will still be seeing uh, the gaming and content services, trying to build those up. As Jim Ryan will oversee the entire PlayStation business. Now, you may know Jim Ryan as uh, someone who's more on the European side of the PlayStation brand. He's led that brand to dominance... In Europe especially when you compare to the Microsoft competition there and sometimes you 've seen him on stage at gamescom I know there's there's certainly the famous moment where the camera's trying to check the focus and they're zooming in and out big time on his face to try to to focus that camera. Some people do have concerns that could this be the return of arrogant Sony so to speak because Jim Ryan has been known in recent months and years, especially for some of his unpopular takes, especially when you think about where the industry may be going. Uh, He's had quotes where he says, people don't really use backwards compatibility much, and why would anyone want to play Gran Turismo from the PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 days? Or, regarding the uh, Sony uh, cross-platform controversy and stance and all that, he's talking about the... The children who subscribe to PlayStation Plus, and and we have a duty to protect them, and think of the children. Uh, So when you think about, you know, a backwards compatibility for a next-generation PlayStation or a cross-platform sort of play that the industry seems to be going towards, is this the right person to be going towards that? Are his thoughts going to somewhat loosen on that? We'll have to see. But Sony... Overall, the Sony CEO, Kenichiro Yoshida, says that he wants someone at the helm to focus on growing PlayStation as an overarching platform, and that certainly sounds familiar when we think of the Xbox brand and how it's trying to grow and be sort of universal there as well. And then to wrap things up in our uh, headline roundup here, Five Nights at Freddy's VR, Help Wanted. Uh, got pushed to the ESRB ratings board. Uh, The link is now down, at least at the time of this recording, Uh, but it seems to certainly have been pushed out there as a possible product that could be coming to PlayStation VR. If you're asking me, no thank you. I don't need to be playing Five Nights at Freddy's in VR, though I certainly understand the appeal, and it's a no-brainer sort of product to push, especially for the fans that remain for that franchise. Um, this would probably be looking at the first game and seeing how it could be adapted to VR. Jump scares a plenty, I'm sure, uh, but we'll see when a, a, an official announcement comes down the pike, but just be aware that this is a thing. Let's also talk about quickly the game and release date announcements, at least the notable ones that were announced this past week. Of course, you had plenty, in the Nintendo Direct. Not enough time to wrap that all up. Go watch that Nintendo Direct. Tons and tons of announcements there for sure. Also, uh, Tekken 7's DLC, wrapping up uh, that sort of season pass of fighter content. Julia and the Walking Dead's Negan will be available on February 28th for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. That was an announcement over at Evo Japan. Catherine Fullbody will be coming westward officially uh, on September 3rd on PlayStation 4 over in the USA and Europe. A big controversy also this week with Catherine Fullbody. Uh, Go sort of dig into that one if you don't mind the whole spoilers of Who is Reen, and what are some of the consequences? Has Atlas learned their lesson when it comes to LGBTQ representation? Uh, You either may or may not be surprised to hear what you find there. Uh, So definitely a lot of headlines swirling around that, but they verge on the the spoiler territory. So uh, research at your own peril. And then probably one of the biggest game announcements, I think, of the past week was Hollow Knight Silksong. This is taking the Hornet DLC that was promised as one of the last deliverables as part of their Kickstarter campaign, saying that, you know, we want Hornet to be kind of exploring her own world with her own enemies, her own bosses, her own campaign. And so Hollow Knight Silksong is going to be officially now the sequel to Hollow Knight. Uh, no official release date yet. They didn't even say 2019, necessarily. They did say it'll be coming to PC and Switch first, and then PlayStation 4 and Xbox One later. Uh, but Hollow Knight getting a sequel out of that last DLC. Certainly surprising, but welcome news for sure. Let's get to our main topic, though, and it was that Nintendo Direct that On Tuesday, you get an announcement. On Wednesday, it drops, which is a little earlier, right? You usually get the Wednesday announcement, the Thursday release for uh, that Nintendo Direct. If I were to talk about my five big takeaways from that, let's start at number five. Nintendo is the current king of the Shadow Drop. And what do I mean by that if you're not familiar with the term? It's the announcement that this is out right now. And certainly other companies are doing an okay job at that from here and there. But when you're talking about a Nintendo Direct and all the announcements therein, and you're talking in that Direct, four announcements of things that you can download right now or later today. Uh, that was huge. Of course, the big one, Tetris 99, which... In a time where you know, Anthem is coming out next week and the industry almost wants people to gear up for that. It's it's a big Bioware game. EA certainly wants people to be gearing up for Anthem. Tetris 99 just comes in out of nowhere. Free download. Tetris Battle Royale. Uh, just doing crazy numbers over on Twitch. Certainly uh, delivering a big promise, an addicting sort of gameplay style. Uh, Tetris 99 doing big things. But also to say... The demo for Yoshi's Crafted World. The demo for Daemon X Machina, which that'll also follow up with surveys, and we'll see if that game will actually hit this year. It sounds like there's still a lot of work to be done with Daemon X Machina. But I mean, Yoshi, we're almost a month away from that hitting Switch. And then Final Fantasy IX somehow gets the jump before seven and launches before that. Go figure how that works. Uh, but, Nintendo is right now the the king of that shadow drop, and it helps when you have Nintendo Directs like this. You could look at Xbox and say, you know, the inside Xbox program, they could do great things with that, but they don't necessarily. So kudos to Nintendo, and it's big when you say, go check this out now, and it's free, or in certain cases. But, you know, also good partnership there with Square Enix to bring those Final Fantasy games over. Number four for me, I think Astral Chain has the greatest chance of not hitting its release date. Uh, And it's interesting when you pair it up with talking about Platinum Games and all that they have going on, especially with Bayonetta 3, and how, yes, we're still working on that. How are those sort of resources being divested? What are they working on? Um, Granted, I loved what I saw from Astral Chain. I think that's a really cool new IP to get as a Switch exclusive But man, August 30th seems a little soon. Uh, It's especially interesting to watch that trailer. And I'm sure if you're like me, you're listening to this show and you have a pretty good working knowledge of games and just try to figure out what is it we're looking at here? Because you start watching that trailer and certain aspects of it made me think kind of monolith soft. And it's like... I don't know if it's Xenoblade. Is it a new IP from them? We've seen this kind of trailer where you get the character walking and it's, it's the wide landscape. I mean, it's like that Xenoblade X, uh, sort of trailer, right? Uh, so you kind of wonder that, but then you get into the battle gameplay and it's like, okay, you know, that's straight up platinum. Uh, if anything, almost ripped purely from near automata. Uh, like just, you look at that sort of combat style, like clearly, clearly platinum there. Uh, and then, yeah, but then you're seeing like this, this is a new IP, like nothing's lining up as far as other franchises go. Um, yeah, you just get that sense, which is, is really interesting. So when those certain lineups hit when it's, it's platinum with, you know, Kamiya's support and then it's the, the director of the action combat from Near Automata, the game designer there kind of bringing his design into this game. I mean, I think it's his directorial debut, but he was the battle game designer, On near automata. So like just seeing all those different things and the music. My God, the music. I, I didn't say who is doing the composition on that game, but you definitely get vibes. Is it Sawano? Is it Keiichi Okabe, you know, coming over from near automata or just bringing a lot of those elements into a new Switch IP there? Uh, that, that hit when, uh, you know, they had that monster on the wall and they're shooting down that purple beam. The music hit there so good. sounded so much like either either Sawano or Okabe. Uh, So just a fantastic trailer. I'm excited about it, don't get me wrong, but I feel like that's too soon to announce a release date and I could see that slipping out of all the games that were announced for sure. Number three, Dragon Quest Overkill is likely setting up a future Super Smash Bros. announcement. Now don't get me wrong, that Super Smash Bros. segment a little disappointing. Uh, you had, you know, we're announcing 3.0 this spring. Oh, man, that's really quick. We just got 2.0. What's going on? What's in it? Find out next time. Like, Really? Okay, and we get the, the Joker coming in and we see his back and at least we get the news that it'll be before the end of April that we get Joker as the first uh, fighter in that fighter pass, you know, the launching at that time. So we got to think of what's next. What's the next character? And if you follow the Super Smash Brothers rumor mill, you know that Dragon Quest is, there's so many things lining up that whether it's, you know, hacking in and seeing different code words and brave is there as a code word for, uh, for fighter number two or game designers posting that Dragon Quest shield there or just different other things here and there. To have a segment of about five minutes all about Dragon Quest 11 s echoes of an elusive age definitive edition, just mm, Bravo square on that title. I mean my God uh, but to say that that's going to be for fall 2018 with new content, orchestral score, new side stories for your party, all that I mean fantastic, but we didn't need five minutes and if anything, I think that's probably setting the stage for when they eventually announce here's the next character from Smash Brothers. The rumor being it's either would be Luminary from Dragon Quest XI or, more likely, Erdrick from Dragon Quest III in particular, that kind of classic Toriyama character. So it could be either of those. And you know Sakurai's Wild Ride could certainly surprise us, and it could be someone totally different, not even Square Enix. But uh, that being said, it was a little unusual to see so much Dragon Quest, especially coming off of Builders 2. It's almost like they're trying to set the stage for something in the future. Number two, Super Mario Maker 2 was inevitable. It was just a matter of when. Fantastic way to start off the Direct, of course, with seeing Super Mario World and just immediately, yep, Mario Maker 2. Uh, you know, could it be Deluxe? You kind of get the inklings there, but no, they drop that too in there. They're adding so much. Uh, if you think about Super Mario Maker and what it was at the time for wii u just as far as a player base a creative platform but also just a youtube juggernaut in terms of content people making twitch channels youtube channels all sorts of youtube videos but the game hasn't been updated in almost three years and now you bring this out and they're adding so much of course the first notable thing being uh, super mario 3d world kind of implementing that in a 2d platform which should be interesting but it's it's adding the cat suit. It's adding certain enemies. It's adding those sort of mechanics there on top of what already existed with New Super Mario Bros. U. Uh, man, that's, that's a big deal. And it makes sense that they're doing two because the talk for a long time was that uh, they might not be able to bring over all of the levels from Super Mario Maker. That's fine. Give it just a, a fresh coat of paint, go from scratch and, and see what happens from there. I'm really, really excited for that. Not necessarily just from the creative front, but to really take Switch everywhere. And I know, Mario Maker was on 3DS. I get it. But that's the point. It was on 3DS and not on Switch. So to get Super Mario Maker 2 on Switch, June 2019, good time. Uh, really looking forward to that one. It helps Nintendo set up their 2019 for sure. But my number one biggest takeaway, Link's Awakening sets up Oracle Potential. And so, of course, to end the direct, as they did, with The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, uh, it was interesting for me watching, and and I'm thinking, all right, you know, bubbles, waves. Look, to me, Link's Awakening was not my first Zelda game. Oracle of Ages, of all things, was my first Legend of Zelda game. I know, kind of a weird one. So while I'm familiar with that opening cutscene on, on uh, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, the like, not And like iconic childhood defining moment for me. So when I'm seeing, you know, of course you see the legs and it's like, okay, Link, Zelda, you're thinking there's those rumors going around of, you know, 2D top down Zelda. Is is this, you know, we've seen a boat. Is there something with Wind Waker? And then the lightning strikes. And then it's like, that's almost like the crystallization in my head is like, of course, Link's Awakening, of course. Is it a sequel? Possibly, but this is the cutscene? No, and then it's definitive right there. Using the Breath of the Wild font. Interesting choice, especially at the end with the 2019 and you hear the Ballad of the windfish. Uh, but that Breath of the Wild font, are we doing that going forward? Is, is that just a Switch thing? Uh, certainly interesting. It looks really fascinating, and I really liked the idea of when they were talking about how many players is, is going to be used for this game? Uh, to be determined. We're not committing that it's just a single-player game. And you look at some of the, the screen adaptations, and you see how faithfully they've recreated some of those screens from Game Boy to Switch. And you think, huh, you know, that's kind of a lot of space on the Switch reimagining. And you think, well, you can pop up the Switch screen there. You got two Joy-Cons. Are we going to add drop-in, drop-out co-op into Link's Awakening? It'd be fascinating. And they could certainly do it, especially if they've added some of that screen space and some of the scaling there. It could be fantastic. The art style? Get people out of your life if they say it looks terrible because that's the same old tired Wind Waker argument from 15 years ago. Uh, Get that out of here. So you don't need that negativity in your life. Uh, It looks fantastic. It's a great, great choice. But... It does make you wonder, and it's it's the whole Switch in a nutshell, right? It's taking what were console games, what were handheld games, and Nintendo's now bolstering a very strong software lineup where this is now all on Switch. Hell, this could have easily been the 3DS's swan song, and it isn't. It's on Switch. So now we're seeing, okay, well, maybe there's going to be a console quality like, so to speak, Zelda, and you're talking about You know, are they going to do a Majora's Mask kind of thing where they try to turn around the Breath of the Wild engine for something new for maybe either next year or two years from now? But then what goes after that? Are we going to alternate styles? And it makes you think, if you're going to try to take this Game Boy game, is, I mean, are the Oracle games hands off? I'm sure Nintendo can work nicely with Capcom for some sort of deal there. But then it's it's Oracle games. Uh, Do we do something with Minish Cap? Uh, Or just do we do a whole new top-down original game Just all on our own. It shows the power of the Switch when you have that sort of archive of games to go back to, but just also these different styles of franchises in the past that used to be console, used to be handheld, all brought on one platform together. It really is a magical time. So when we're looking at Nintendo's 2019, we're looking at March, and we've got Yoshi's Crafted World, and also Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn, which very well may be the last Nintendo first-party game on Nintendo 3DS, which... Could be a sad time, but you know, it just, it shows you where the system's at and the incredible run, honestly, that it's had. But, you know, focus on Switch certainly going forward. In April, you have Box Boy and Box Girl, also announced in the Nintendo Direct. Nothing announced in May at the moment, which is certainly interesting, but you know, I'm sure something can fill that spot there. June is Super Mario Maker 2. July, Fire Emblem Three Houses. I know I didn't touch on that. That was the big focus of the Direct, so to speak. Um, I'm still not perfectly sold but that's just that's just a quick take it's it's probably going to be fine at least the strategy combat it's going to be fine but what about the side stuff you're hearing reports of you know koei tecmo helping out with things does that hinder it is it like hogwarts but fantasy but we're picking houses almost like pokemon go with the red blue yellow i I don't know they've got some more work to do to sell me personally and then august for now astral chain and we'll see you know where zelda falls later in the year but if you're just looking at you know what could be rumored what switches slate could possibly be just speculating going forward it's kind of insane if you think about it it's it's again it's that console it's that handheld sort of contingent so let's think about what's known right now what do we know is coming down the pike whether it's very soon or whether it's several years away. We know about Super Smash Brothers Ultimate DLC. Whether it's just this first fighter pack, do they get a second fighter pack? We know that at least those five characters are coming. Animal Crossing, that's going to be a big one at least at E3, but that's supposed to be coming. I mean, my God, Pokemon Generation 8. If we're talking about a Switch Lite or anything coming like that, if that's going to happen this year, that has to be paired with Pokemon Gen 8. And that's going to be a juggernaut. That's going to be another huge software hit. Luigi's Mansion 3. I hope you didn't forget about that one because that'll also be very big. And then there's the two sort of unknowns in the ether right now, right? It's Bayonetta 3. It's Metroid Prime 4. They'll take some time. But just remember, we know that they're out there going forward. As far as what's rumored and when people are starting to make these Nintendo Direct predictions and they think they're so smart and what are they going to add in there? Metroid Prime Trilogy. People talk about it as if it's been done for a while, and the Metroid Prime Four delay kind of messed up the plans. But people think trilogy is going to be coming to Switch, and man, I'll tell you, that'd be a great one. Let's be real. Also, they got to you know buff up that Switch Online database. So another rumor is well, Super Nintendo games. I mean, there was that data mine that had those twenty-two games in there. That that's got to be coming sometime, right? Also, what Wii U games are left to possibly port? I mean, we're looking at games like Pikmin 3, The Wonderful 101. And I'm honestly like, if Super Mario 3D World is going to be in Super Mario Maker 2 before that game is on Switch, you got to think that one's coming eventually. Maybe they're giving the break after, you know, new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. Give it a little time, but that's got to be coming if we're talking about the last big Wii U ports. And then there's a category of, is it even real? Uh, we're talking about uh, games like Star Fox Grand Prix, the supposed retro title that were, you know, big E3 rumors last year. And then we're hearing things like, Oh, I don't know. I mean, with all of the, uh, that Ubisoft game, the Starlink battle for Atlas, they're really pushing up all the Star Fox stuff. Like, I don't know. Did, did Grand Prix get put to the back burner? Was it even real in the first place? It makes you wonder. Also, what happened with? Miyamoto back in the day and talking about Pikmin 4. I hope he wasn't talking about, hey, Pikmin being a Pikmin 4. That would certainly be disappointing. Some people also talking about, is, is Trilogy going to be a release on, on Wii? You get all those Pikmin games there. I don't know, possibly. And then, of course, the classic, Mother 3. Is it even real? But you look at all of these combined with what was, has been announced, what still could be announced, and what we still just need to know more about, but we know is a known quantity. Going to be a big future for Nintendo Switch on the software front, and it makes sense. And we're not even considering all these DLC updates. Do we get anything for Mario Odyssey? Is more stuff for Mario Kart coming? I, I keep keeping it on Mario, but Super Mario Party, there got to be more boards, right? So Nintendo has a lot on their plate with all those console ideas, with all those handheld ideas, finally realized in one. So that is what I have to say. When we come back, we will get to the callers if anyone's listening there on rhymesathasia.com/slash-call. You can talk about the main topic, headlines, games you're playing recently. Anything is on the table. That's when we come back. You're on the power switch. welcome back to the power switch looking forward to talking about nintendo or anything else you'd like to talk about but as you can tell from that main topic there's a lot to touch on so let's see what you have to say joining us from texas jesse welcome back to the power switch how you doing
1: hey good to be back it's been a while since we've had a power switch episode it has been a
0: while but i appreciate you uh chiming in and uh being on that color board so what would you like to talk about today
1: I think Smash Bros was kind of like a buffer for Nintendo. Like get all the news hyped around this one game which is going to sell like Beatles huge mm-hmm. and <laughs> use that to make sure that there's lots of games to put out the next year. I think this Direct was a pretty big sh- pretty good showing for what's to come. Yeah, it it wasn't mind-blowing, but it
0: was the sense that they paced it really well. Uh, Whether it's going to the certain games they wanted to highlight, but then back to more headlines. And it was that something for everyone. And you can't bookend it any better than what they did. Uh, Those are are massive announcements. I mean, when you're talking Mario and Zelda and continuing those big franchises on on Switch and seeing what they're doing. um, This year for Switch kind of reminds me and a lot of people, I think, about 2013 in a way, uh just for the, some of the franchises that are hitting. I mean, that was when uh, Zelda Link Between Worlds hit. That was when Fire Emblem Awakening hit. I almost want to say that was also when Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon hit on 3DS. So it's like some of those franchises then are like they're rearing up to come right around on, on the next platform, of course, being Switch. And we're really seeing some of those franchises come big. Uh But I, I think you're right. It's as far as continuing life of a certain title, I mean, Smash Bros. is going to be huge. Uh, whenever oh, yeah. they announce a new DLC character and the strategy that they're going with, I gotta imagine it's going to be trying to get as many people into this ecosystem as possible with strategic partnerships. Uh, and that's, that's going to be whenever they drop a character announcement like that, they're going to own the news cycle for that day. And that's incredibly huge.
1: Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure if it was going to be any smash news during that direct. And we got a date, <laughs> not really like huge news. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of, all right, then keep your secrets. Right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Just like that meme. No, it's, uh, it's certainly like that. But I think you're right. I mean, there was some sort of a uh, survey over in Japan where they were saying that like 82% of people thought it was good to very good. I, I don't think you can say it was a bad direct. Was there a certain game in there that you were most excited for?
1: Probably Super Mario Maker 2. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not... I like Zelda, but I'm not like the biggest Zelda fan. Although Breath of the Wild, god damn, that was one of <laughs> my favorite games. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will probably get Link's Awakening. I've never played Fire Emblem before, so that doesn't really mean a whole lot to me. I'm just... Although I am just keeping an eye on it because I know a lot of my friends are into it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for me, Super Mario Maker, that was probably the big deal. And I don't even really like making stages myself, I just like playing them.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting year as far as it's almost like the revitalization of that, you know, create, share, play sort of movement that uh, Little Big Planet really tried to pick up back in, you know, 2011, 2012. Uh but if Dreams is going to hit this year on PlayStation 4 and it's like that's the 3D game component alongside, you know, Mario Maker which is the 2D platform uh contingent there. Uh it's going to be a big year for that sort of game and you're right. I mean not everyone is, you know, cut out to make these amazing levels. You're also going to get a lot of garbage levels, let's be honest. Uh especially with, you know, that moving platform sort of like the snake moving platform and a lot of people are just going to design that terribly uh but it's going to be a big year for that i think just i agree with you I, i'm not going to be the one creating great levels but i can't wait to see what people play i can't wait to see what youtube and twitch content creators to do uh, get to do with it
1: oh yeah there's going to be like lots of stuff coming from content creators like gang grumps and um grand pooh bear along with mm-hmm. all the other guys who play lots of uh super mario maker stuff as long as they just have like a good online ecosystem where you can find the stage as you want and as long as that's easy to do, although I wonder is this going to sell as well with the way the new Nintendo Switch online works. Then again, you have like a huge install base now for the Switch compared to the Wii U. So what am I what am I kidding? It's it's gonna it's gonna sell. Yeah, I think
0: you're right on the money there. I mean, we're seeing different franchises on switch with that install base just do crazy numbers. And you know, they've got a few months to shape up a uh, Switch online. I think doing something like Tetris ninety nine is, is a good way to get people to say, you know what, probably should get in on this. We're gonna release, you know, free games like this. And yeah, whenever Super Nintendo games drop on Switch Online, like get out of the way. Like that's that's where the real you know audience interest is going to be for that service.
1: Yeah, that would be fun. I I like what they've done with the uh, NES library and concept. I just think it needs to be expanded upon. Mm-hmm. I think this Netflix like approach is a fantastic thing and I would like to see them do that with more games. But as it stands right now, it's a bunch of NES games and don't get me wrong, some of these games are amazing. But it's just kind of, I've played these games on other systems. But you know, keep keep expanding on that idea because it is a good idea. And if we can get like N64 or GameCube. Oh. We need we need some sort of GameCube revival because for a lot of kids these days, those games are inaccessible. Thank God we at least have the controllers coming out. Oh man, be still
0: my heart. Uh that would be amazing. Even if they start to dig into like the Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, DS library. I mean, the sky's the limit if they really want to go for it. Uh, and then we'll see, yeah, what happens with Switch models and any revisions there and if they improve the tech on the screens and if this VR thing is going to be anything uh, going forward, it's going to be a crazy time going forward for Nintendo.
1: Before we go, I got one thing for you. Mm -hmm. Forget Super Nintendo on Switch Online. Once the VR headset, we're bringing it back. Get ready for Virtual Boy Online Library. Oh, man. Get get Reggie going <laughs> and he's
0: training like that, uh, you know, entirely possible. If they didn't bring it back on 3ds with that 3d there, like this would be the perfect way. And I don't know. I want to maybe play some warrior land, play some tennis. I don't know that that'd be, that'd be fantastic. All part of that. Netflix like subscription. Well, Jesse, great insight. Thank you for calling in anything you'd like to plug before you go.
1: I'm not really doing much right now. I'm actually just keeping to myself. So I'm going to plug Power Switch. There if you, you haven't go. heard of it, it's a pretty good. Actually, you know what? Original Sound Chat. Oh, thank you. Listen to that whole series Oh, wow. So far. It's really good. Thank you.
0: Thanks, man. Really, really appreciate that. Uh, I'll give that one a little more a shout out towards the end of the show, but it's, it's the other podcast I'm doing for those people that don't know. And uh yeah, talking about video game soundtracks and sort of the education behind there with the. Uh, Good friend Joe DeVader, the DeBaga. Appreciate that. Thanks for the, the shout out there. And yeah, it's good to have this show back alongside. So Jesse, thanks for calling and we'll see you next time. See yeah. ya. All right. Thanks so much for calling in. Let's start wrapping things up here. Here are the games, the key ones at least that are coming out this week. Steinsgate Elite is coming to PlayStation 4 and Switch on Tuesday, February 19th. You also have Yakuza Kiwami. On PC, the PC release coming on Tuesday, February 19th. And the big one, it's, uh, it's gonna be a make or break for Bioware, not gonna lie. As mentioned, Anthem on Friday, February 22nd on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And that'll do it for this episode of The Power Switch. We are hosted by rhymeswithasia.com, and we're on YouTube and Twitch at rhymeswithasia. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Power Switch. I am at Pete Speakeasy. You can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at powerswitchpod at gmail.com, and you can subscribe to the Power Switch on podcast services, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you can be so kind as to leave a review, that would really help as well. But most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord by visiting rhymeswithasia.com slash call. It's a small but growing community, so now is the perfect time to have your voice heard on this podcast. If you'd like a YouTube video to watch to kind of wrap up your uh, your week and kind of start the next one, check out Easy Allies' top 10 about top 10 video game composers. Uh, as you mentioned there, I'm doing a video game podcast, a video game soundtrack podcast, original sound chat uh, with the Dubaga Joe Devader. And so to see the guys over at Easy Allies uh, talk about the top 10 video game composers of all time. A lot, a lot of good ones in there. And it's a great video. I recommend checking that out for sure. So yeah, good to have this show back. Looking forward to talking like this, whether it's just about games in general, the, the new stories of the week, the some of the trends are just something I need to get off my chest uh, overall. Would love to do that with you. Also to bring back spoiler casts. Also a big thing to do. So we should start planning a Kingdom Hearts 3 one, I think. I think that would be great to get people calling in, uh, you know, especially as we approach almost a month with that game on the market here. Uh, that would be awesome to talk about with you guys. But please stay tuned to that Discord channel overall as everything develops. And regardless whether it's live or on your own time, I look forward to you joining us for our next episode. With that, I'm Peter Spasia. Until next time, switch up, call in, game on.